Hi, this podcast is on choosing a pediatrician. For the trisomy 18 and 13 families, our children are rare and unique, and many pediatricians do not work with or see our children. So, a good place to start is if you're a soft member, then soft has groups within each state. It's a good idea to ask your state soft group if any of those parents have a referral or someone they're working with. Also going on our rare trisomy group that's on Facebook, and then also soft group just in general. Some people may have been in one state and then moved, so it's good to ask there too. Uh, Anyone recommend a pediatrician? Always with your insurance as well, you need to see who also accepts your insurance. So, some information that I personally really like and it works for my state, my insurance, and our home hospital. We have a group that is connected to our home hospital, which is Radies, um, Radies Hospital in San Diego. We have a group um, that's called Radies uh, Primary Care, Radies Children Primary Care, and they are connected with Radies Specialist and Radies Hospital. So the charts and all the information um, that I have from specialists and the other people we work with, my pediatrician has full access to. I really like that. Um, Others may have that. I'm not sure how it works. I just know it works for us, and I really, really like that. So you may want a pediatrician that is affiliated with your local um, children's hospital or your local level four um, hospital that you work with. Okay, that's a place to start for sure. Then when you're actually trying to pick a pediatrician, I would recommend that you call and set an appointment for an interview. And if you have the time and the patience, I have been told from a few medical professionals that it may be best to not mention um, the trisomy. If you have the time to you know, truly interview, um, you may not want to mention it and you may want to go and sit with the person and then bring it up. So state what you want, if you get a feel for them, if you're liking them, then say, oh, and my child has trisomy 18 child is trisomy 13 and that might tell you a lot when you watch their body language their comments their statements that might tell you a lot if they're for you or not for you I know when I was pregnant I had to do this with people and when I was face to face with them and I would say trisomy 18 or 13 um, even after they'd seen it in a chart even after they had prepared for me even if they were being phony I could pretty much pick up on how they felt about trisomy 18 and I knew they weren't for us and we would find different care that has happened with only two of our specialists and they had said things like well I see both sides of not intervening I see both sides of not doing heart repair or doing heart repair I didn't work with those people Um, for me for Rose for our situation that doesn't work for us we don't need to see both sides we see one side we got one daughter She's got one earthly life, and we want people all in. So, cut back to the topic. (laughs) Schedule an interview. Now, I'm going to interrupt this to say I'm a TA. I'm, well, I guess I shouldn't. Person first. I am a mother to a child who has a diagnosis of trisomy 18. I could not imagine having time to go in by myself, not mention T18, and interview a doctor. So... I understand that for many of us, that could not be a case at all. I recommend you do it on, you could try it on the phone. 
Um, I know a lot of parents, talking to my good friend today, who is out of state for their heart repair. And they need to now find a pediatrician to head home. So a phone call. It is normal and typical for pediatricians to do interviews with new parents. So you can call and you can schedule a phone conversation. And in this phone conversation, you can ask them what they feel their specialty is. If they have a certain um, patient they would not want to work with and they would possibly refer out. How closely do they work with the local children's hospital? How do they um, admit? So is it a possibility to go to them during their business hours and if they feel that the child needs to be admitted to the hospital, are they able to call the hospital and get your child admitted so that you don't have to go through the ER? That might take some established care before that can happen, but some pediatricians can do that. Ours can do it. Um, we've never utilized that though. I pretty much go in as soon as I know Rose needs to go in and I bypass the middleman. But when you're a new parent, when it's the beginning of treatment, that might be something that's helpful and then you don't have to go into the ER. So I would ask those questions. Then about trisomy 18 and trisomy 13, I would definitely want to ask how or if they're able to foresee upcoming needs. Are they aware of some of the standard protocol for trisomy 18? Have they ever heard of soft? Would they be interested in a copy of the soft care manual? And I have heard people have a lot of success with somebody that is kind of green in the area, but they were very open to learn. So I know I spoke with a mom who picked a pediatrician that really had never worked with a rare trisomy um, such as 18 or 13. And this doctor was excited and eager to learn. And I think this doctor even went to the soft conference and read the soft care manual. So that's really neat. So I know, I know that, that that person was very happy with their pediatrician. So you could find that too. Um, a couple things that our kids need, they need many things, but for sure you're gonna need your cancer screenings. Every three to six months, an ultrasound for the uh, from the abdomen, for the kidneys and the liver. They're gonna need their AFP levels checked every three to six months um, for hemoplastoma. Wilms tumor is the scan is for, and you're gonna wanna bring up that. Are they aware of these screenings? And they're gonna need to be able to put that order in for insurance. They should be able to do that, no problem. When you get busy with specialists, and when you have a lot of specialists, you will be getting the majority of your prescriptions your medical supplies, and your communication with these specialists. Usually, that, that's what's gonna happen. And a lot of times you're gonna meet back with your PCP, your pediatrician, your primary care provider, and you're gonna kinda update them on what you need. So our PCP will say like, well what about GI? What is GI saying about motility? And he has it all in his chart and he can read it all but I'm able to give a quick summary and we kind of bounce ideas off each other and it works out. So it's really gonna be a team effort. I love that I can email my pediatrician anytime. I love that my pediatrician is part of a huge practice. And I'm gonna tell you something that might blow your mind. We have one of the top pediatricians in our area for trisomy, K 
came highly recommended from the T21 community and even more rare trisomy friends, like someone with trisomy 22 and somebody with trisomy 8. Um, so he's great. I've never met him. I've never met him. <laughs> what happened is we came in from Omaha and we needed an appointment as soon as possible and we met with a different pediatrician. Um, just love him. I love him. He took a huge interest in Rose. He was wonderful. So we have our pediatrician who's great. I have emailed. He has gotten us things that I've asked for. He has um, had his staff help us a lot. We have, like I said, emailed, talked on the phone. Um, he has been a liaison for all different specialists. He's great. Never met him. He's never even seen Rose, okay? Rose's pediatrician on paper is him. Rose's pediatrician, who I consider followed her, knows her, knows my family, sees my other kids um, now, is, is a wonderful pediatrician and uh, we like him. We also see many others in her group. It's a big group. We're not stuck on our one, but if we don't feel comfortable at a meeting with one, we let um, the group know, okay? So I hope that helps. I hope that kind of helps and not feel so desperate to find that one perfect person. My friend um, who is in the medical profession and also a special needs mom, highly recommends for her. She really enjoys, and I know she did it, she recommended it to me. I enjoy it. Being part of a large group. Being part of a large group might get you more access to different um, units in the hospital, to different information, um, more availability if you have to get in quick. Uh, just make sure the practice is open and everyone in the practice is on board to treat somebody with rare trisomy fairly. And if you have that, then that helps a lot because you can get into too many options. You're not just dependent on one person. I highly recommend that. Some people don't like that suggestion. They don't feel comfortable with that. But I want to tell you something. We're medical parents. We have to steer the ship. And you will work with so many specialists that you cannot become dependent on one person. But you need to respect, trust, and know your PCP has your back. So it's both. Find someone good and quality. Maybe they can be in a great group that holds similar philosophies to them. If someone in that group you don't like, don't work with them. Um, and yeah, you just start with that phone call and an introduction. And if it's terrible, move on. Um, as we know with rare trisomy, those of us who knew in our pregnancy, we're very used to the red flags, to the negative comments, to the beliefs that our children can't live. Um, you don't need that person. You're gonna be needing things like referrals to GI, ENT, sometimes a motility specialist, a pulmonologist, a ENT, a dietitian, what else? A neuro ophthalmologist, ophthalmologist, neurologist, uh, OT, PT, speech therapy, your um, early childhood development center. Rose has all of these and more. So you need a pretty savvy uh, PCP, and if they don't know, you tell them. <laughs> if they won't do it, you leave. Okay, I hope that helps, guys, and that's how you start your pediatrician trail. Best wishes.
wanted to do a podcast on the power of the Holy Spirit. Recently, I have been contacted by several parents, and um, it's always so much information to offer people. To me, it doesn't feel that overwhelming, um, because in my head, I have these categories of how we assert our uh, medical rights for our child. And in the end, really what it is, is a parent saying, I want life for my child, I want full medical cares for my child, and here's what I know helps other children with trisomy 18, and I want you as the medical professionals to let me know everything that you can do for my child. If you feel that nothing can be done for my child, I want you to tell me why, I want you to document it, and then I want you to consult, and most likely we will be transferring and leaving. This does not have to be terrible, and this does not have to be done on terrible terms. I have a lot of processing of the past trauma that we went through with Rose, so I do have my days and my times and my posts where I will share some pretty scary things, pretty scary things that were said to us, rude things that were said to us. Um, I don't want to give them that much power to even call them evil. We'll just say ignorant, even though there definitely was evil there. But you know what else was there? The Holy Spirit. And it was stronger. And so sometimes it is tempting to highlight all the darkness and and to kind of use our platform that we have, um, which I wish was higher. (laughs) My podcasts get like one play and that's okay. They're there if someone needs them in the future. Um, And it's just honestly sometimes hard for me to write this stuff out. I'm I'm a very busy mom. So um, anyways, I wish my platform was a little higher, but that's okay. God knows when and how to use it. Um, But I need to share that the Holy Spirit is there. A neonatologist named Marty uh, helped me extensively with Rose. I try to copy um, his availability, his networking, and his calmness. I'm obviously not a neonatologist. So although I ask medical questions and I might share what helped my daughter and I might share trends that are showing in our community to help kids live, I do not think I'm a doctor. Um, I do not think that I can give better advice than a doctor, but what I want to give is um, somebody, the connection to a world outside of their hospital. When you have a trisomy 18 child, the good news is you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit as you move forward and protect your child. You will also be joining a family that is not locked in the walls of that institution. Your child and yourself are part of a bigger community that you might not even know is there, (laughs) but we're here. (laughs) You are not alone. You will leave that hospital and have a life beyond that hospital, even though it doesn't feel like it because your baby is there and you need them right now for your baby to live and you do so you need to network with them 
but you do not need to be intimidated by them to think that they know T18 um, flawlessly because they don't and you need to just know that there is a formula that helps our kids and the first part of it is pray the second is create a statement and a care plan that says you are all in and you want full code and full intervention for your child then it is consulting learning um, holding doctors accountable for their choices they're making why and how they're feeding your child the way they are why and how they're finding consults or not finding consults and why or how is it time to transfer and we transferred we left our hospital we left it in chaos we had to get the approval of a judge to leave our hospital my daughter was deemed um, unable to travel my daughter was deemed unable to be helped my daughter had the care that we insisted on pulled at six weeks old we were told we were choosing things most parents don't choose we were choosing foolishly and they were done we left they were wrong my daughter's alive I hope to help parents just have within their gut a knowing that trisomy 18 deserves medical care. If a parent chooses comfort care, if a parent has chosen their time, their limit, and when they stop intervening for their child, that is their business. But I've talked to too many who have lost their children who candidly share with me, I didn't know. They said my child couldn't live. And sometimes when they run through the rap sheet of prognosis and diagnosis, their child had more going for them than Rose had. And um, I just want to let parents know that that doesn't have to be um, some red flags. Some red flags could be that your care is telling you that you could keep doing things to your child, not for your child. And they want to stop doing things to your child because they're no longer for your child. This is manipulative crap and you can ask them to stop. <laughs> I'm telling you that. I um, take it from a parent who talks to so many people, um, so many people, that is a generic statement of lazy medical care. If your child's at a place that it is time to be done, that's a whole nother story. The problem with trisomy 18 is that it's said and done way too soon. So, some people in the medical community have coined parents that want fair care for their child as quote-unquote fighter parents as parents who don't understand their child's medical condition I'm gonna throw those out the window right now and deflate any power that those comments have 
They don't know our child's medical condition either. No one knows the potential of our children. What we do know is without good, fair care, wise, savvy care, no ego, that means professionals, institutions, states that can consult, that can be open to suggestions, that can give our child what a typical child would get, that don't spend so long avoiding a demise on their hand they kill our kids in the name of the parents wanted it. Manipulation and not being transparent is gonna end, it needs to end. So this podcast is to let parents know that they are not alone, to let parents know that fair care is important in those first weeks of life. Oh my goodness, it's so important. And you take your time to decide what it is you want. But I think comfort care is sometimes offered as a way out. And this is in no disrespect to people that chose comfort care, that felt like their child was suffering and they made the best choice for their child. That is completely up to them. I don't know what those hours were like. I don't know how the Lord answered their prayers, but I know my prayers and I know my story. And I know when God answered me, when I prayed out to him, is it okay to seek heart care repair for my daughter? Is it okay to fight these comments? Is it okay to speak up and say you are wrong? to people who have years in children's medicine and degrees and experience, is it okay to challenge them? And that's when the Holy Spirit came in and encouraged me to fight the good fight and then encouraged me to shut my mouth and get out. My ego could have kept me there, blaming, threatening to sue, uh, finding attorneys, It wasn't the way. An assertion of what I needed, proof of what I was asking for was not wrong, and then leaving. Um, That was all the Holy Spirit. I hope this helps somebody today, and I just want to say that um, our children are getting their foot in children's medicine, and have TAT and will travel if you need to, and we'll just keep blazing new trails and helping children live. Thank you.